0: Hello and welcome to Splinters. This is Gary Rogowski. Thank you for joining me. Today's chat continues uh, our walk through my book called Stuck Freeing Your Creativity. This chapter is one called A Spoon in the Road. Life does not present us with a straight line to follow. There aren't forks in the road, like you may have expected me to point out. It gives us spoons instead. These spoons in the road, these decision points, seem to me to have more arc than angle to them. They have less drama than a straight line stretching far off to infinity. Spoons or bends in the road seem less like harbingers of our future as we stand to consider them. But the ones that we avoid are the ones that we choose, the ones that we choose to take, they change us. Let me tell you a story about a spoon in the road that happened to me in my youth. I learned something important from that moment. I learned to look ahead just a little and have some faith in myself. And I learned to trust my gut on certain decisions. I've got to say, I've followed my gut on many decisions and been dead wrong. But this one, I think, turned out okay. And turned out to show me that I wasn't a failure. The lunkhead... The sinner that my elders had made me believe that I was, and that was a lesson of value, a lesson worth learning. I was a young buck then, unformed, full of life, full of energy, full of myself. I thought of myself as smart, <laughs> smarter than most of the rest of the world, put together. I figured, which only goes to show just how young and dumb I was. My few college years were just starting I was eyeing the age of 20, oh, with great anticipation. And I had met a girl at school and fell hard for, which back then I fell hard for anyone because love was as new to me then as everything else was. Not a bad decision, that. She was a fair beauty, and we had gone out a few times, nothing serious, but just at the end of the school year. And she decided to go to Colorado to Boulder for some summer weeks for a reason I don't remember, Maybe she had family out there or something. Of course, I had to follow her out there with nothing in mind, no plans, just to follow her out and see what might happen. On my journey out there, I sat for a brief time next to a woman who was also headed to Colorado, and a friendly older woman. And We got to talking about things like my need to find work. It turned out that she knew some folks in the Boulder area, and I had to find work to survive out there that summer, and she told me about a job that I could get if I headed east out of town, about 10 miles on the freeway, I would find a plant that was looking for workers. I should go check it out. So I got to town and got my bearings, and I did. I headed out of town, hitchhiking my way to this great opportunity. Now, I would know the place by its red and white painted smokestack. It was maybe a mile, half a mile off the freeway, so I spotted it there on the wide plains, the flanks of the mountains, and told my ride that I had to get out there and gave him my thanks and hopped off and walked to the plant. My future sat ahead of me, visibly in the distance. And this was great, to have something so concrete in front of me, so real, so tangible, my future and me walking towards it like I knew what would happen next. It was exciting to have nothing but possibility ahead and no clue what to do with it. Sweet youth, sweet fortune. It turned out to be not a short walk. A mile or so of walking gave me some time to think. It offered me plenty of steps as I pondered this choice I was about to make. I was in Colorado where I knew not a soul. The job was in a plant that looked like a bombing target in the scrubland with this red and white striped smokestack puffing out a white signal cloud. Hey, come bomb us here. It was a factory job ahead of me, too. I knew that. But I wasn't really sure what they made. I was walking towards it. That's all that was clear. I was walking towards my future. And the plant sat out in the middle of nowhere. And I had no car. I was slowly adding this up. And when I finally got to the building, I walked into its glass doors. And I asked for a job application. And I asked them what they made there. Concrete curbs, I was told. Concrete parking curbs. Concrete. Concrete curbs for parking solid. I walked out the door. The receptionist had given me the form to fill out, and I walked outside into the hard Colorado sunshine, and I sat down, presumably on one of their parking curbs, to ponder my future working in a concrete curb plant. Now, I recalled as I sat there that my first real job as a youth, replete with withholding taxes and bosses and time clocks and such, was in a warehouse close to O'Hare Airport in Chicago. And that job bored me to tears. Miles and miles of those flat one-story buildings sat congregated near each other and close to the airport for distribution purposes, no doubt. Along with their assortments of asbestos brake pads and fiber clutches and steel ball bearings and hydraulic fluid lines and electrical switches and wires and breakers and metal rods and fan boxes and wiper motors and plastic lights and fluids and cleansers and all things industrial, sat stored in these flat... Box buildings with their fake loans and important signs out front, and acres of parking lots for the workers and no windows inside any of these boxes. And that's where I worked one summer. There was a strange hierarchy as well in each department of boss, foreman and a crew badass who was the real one in control on the floor. He or she was the one who managed everything from security to smoke breaks to freeze outs to lunchroom scuffles. A lot of culture going on inside these cultureless places. And one summer of pulling parts for Napa Auto was enough to convince me that warehouse work was not for me. Strange folks inhabited those building walls. Some carried switchblade knives. Some carried their bitterness around like a shield. Well, that summer after my warehouse education, I had spent the next summer shoveling wet and heavy cement into sidewalk forms and pushing it into corners of larger road projects. This road work was outside, which I enjoyed, in the heavy humidity of the Midwest, which I did not enjoy. My dad had gotten me this job, and he never let me forget how he had to pull the strings to make it happen. He was up early in the morning for me, and sometimes I engaged in some very stupid jobs in a day. I pulled a lot of nails out of used lumber. I lowered myself once into a hole in the roadway with a hammer and a cold chisel. They just had to find work for me. One time I had to crawl inside a cement tower filled with cement dust with two other Quote, volunteers. We were told that something was plugged in there, so our job was to climb up the ladder of the silo and crawl inside the top of the tower with our shovels onto this cement pile, this dusty, (laughs) nasty pile of cement dust, and try to find what was backing things up. Management told us to wear a handkerchief over our noses so we could breathe. Sound advice. Magnanimous, their concern for our safety. Anyways i knew the smell of cement dust i knew how it felt when it was heavy with water i thought that maybe i learned all i needed to know about concrete as i sat pondering the future outside this curb factory it was one of those moments that didn't seem all that critical to a youngster like me then not really a crossroads not a fork in the road but looking back i can see it was an important moment for me because i checked my gut on how i felt about this chance for employment and my gut simply screamed to me, Get the hell out of here! Even though I'd hitchhike all the way out there and walked all the way down to this plant, it didn't feel like a good fit to me. My gut turned out to be right. No need to be building curbs as employment. I had enough barricades to work through in my own life. There was no point putting another in my path. I would find another way to stay alive. Back inside the glass door, I handed the unfilled application form back to the pleasant lady at the reception counter and walked outside to return to the freeway and hitchhike back to town. The clouds looked white and torn up in the blue sky, but they blew free and easy. Nothing to hold them there. I was young and broke, but happy and content with my choice. These small choices that we make, these simple turns that slowly bend back away from us in time, They become a tiny point in memory, like the first curve of a walk on a path that meanders in the woods. We follow that lazy bend around that pine and not that big fir tree. And we go past the first curve on the trail, and then our attention wraps up in another arc and the pathway of trees in another arc, and we walk past the leaves and vines, and time flows in this way and that, and we forget to look up to notice it's passing except to see that we are a long way from where we started. And here's another bend to take, or should it be that one? And now this decision point, that first bend, that curve, that spoon in the road, where we started is not even visible except vaguely in our mind as some whim we had back then to turn this way and not that. A bend in the road offers the simple choice to step here and see what happens. That spoon in the road seemed of no consequence to me at the time, but I believe it changed me. I began to realize that I needed to look out for myself. Don't put myself in a bombing Target factory making concrete curbs, for instance. I learned to trust my gut on that. This is a quote from John Steinbeck, Travels with Charlie. A sad soul can kill you quicker, far quicker than a germ. Quite so. Well, thanks for listening. Short little chapter, just an idea. I'm still working on this, but I think this, this matters. I think this matters this understanding of how simple choices they don't seem to be that large can make a difference and you have to make many of these throughout throughout your life and throughout a life and I think you're doing well if if uh, half of them turn out good a lot of them will turn out bad and you have to learn from those mistakes that's how you learn to start trusting your gut is by Seeing, (laughs) if you follow his advice, seeing how things turn out. It's an important thing, learning to trust yourself and your decision-making. But making a choice to be creative, I think, is an important one and an interesting spoon in the road to follow. Thank you very much for listening. This is Gary Rogowski. If you like what I do, please support me on coffee.com. Please check out the website, NorthwestWoodworking.com. Changes ahead in uh, the studio, but there's changes ahead for everyone in this world these days. The world's fast, hard place to keep up with. So We are making changes, doing more online classes. Please check out our website and information on the online mastery program. It's going well. I hope you join us. Thanks again. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you.